Welcome to another edition of Dentalpreneur Secrets, where we help you build an amazing life of significance so you can take care of the people you love, support the causes you care about, and really change the world for the better. But to do that, sometimes you have to see things that are unseen. And by the, the time we finish tonight, you're going to really know that it's possible for you to achieve more than you ever thought possible. You're going to have a framework for using failure. That's right, for using failure to help you achieve your goals. But more importantly, you're going to feel excited to get out there and get started on whatever your next project is. And I am so excited tonight. here with Miles Biggs and, and top-rated podcast host, TEDx speaker, author. We're going to dive into all of this stuff. And Miles really helps take people from frustrated to fired up, from confused to crystal clear, and from unseen to seen. Let's welcome Miles. Miles, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's quite the intro. I'm going to just pay you to follow me around and <laughs> welcome me into rooms. I like that. That was fun to sit back and listen to. Hey, well, well good. And, and it's all true. That's the best part. <laughs> and, uh, wow. I, I am so excited to, to have this conversation and, and share what you're going to share with, with our audience tonight. And, you know, how did you kind of get started on this path? And, and I love that unseen to scene, which we're going to dive into. It's such a recurring theme. But how'd you end up where you are right now? Sure. Uh, all of it started for me back in 2017. Some of my unseen work, it's fun to think back on this and paint this picture. So in 2017, my wife was eight months pregnant with our first son. I had just, we had just sold our house because uh, we were building a new house. Family, growing family, needed more space. The house sold quicker than we thought it would. And so we had to move into a short-term apartment lease while we finished building the new house. That was only supposed to be for a month, but anybody who's ever built a house will tell you it never quite runs like you expect it to. So one month, month turned into three months in this little one-bedroom apartment surrounded by all of our stuff. Uh, Welcome to baby into the world. My wife's water actually broke at the bank while we were closing on the loan for the new house. <laughs> So it's just craziness, right? Just, I like to paint that picture. I had so much going on, sold a house, bought, was building a house, moving my life in between houses and apartments, having my first son. And I just decided why not add a podcast into all of that, right? I didn't have enough going on. Let's, let's do something else. But so at the time I didn't have any TV or internet in the short-term lease. It's only supposed to be a month. Can't get a short-term contract on that stuff. So we didn't have much for entertainment. So I ended up listening to a lot of podcasts and I had been listening to them before all this happened, but this really accelerated my podcast consumption. And after a while, I was just listening to another podcast by one of the greats, you know, big podcast names, the, the moguls, icons that are out there. Just thinking to myself, you know what? I could probably do this. It can't be that hard, right? I should see what this would take. I think it'd be fun. I felt like I had something to say people in my life. I thought that had interesting stories and really that's all it was. It was just kind of like on a whim, like, ah, let's try it. And so I asked for all the equipment for Christmas because it was end of, end of the year and got a little starter set and then just started recording stuff, messing around, interviewing family and friends and putting it out there and launched the show in 2018. And it, it's been such a, an amazing journey. And, and you know, Tim, from having your own podcast, right? you get to meet some really cool people and have some awesome conversations and it fundamentally changes you as a person, in my opinion. And that, that's definitely what happened to me. So it all started back then in that crazy, 
you know, cyclone of life events, starting the podcast, it became such a great outlet for me. And I met so many people that challenged the way I saw the world and thought and made me look inside and think about what I want to do and things I want to pursue and goals that I want to achieve. Uh, and it, it led me to all this, you know, because the podcast just went from family and friends to talking to people that had been on reality TV shows like Chopped and Shark Tank and people that were TED talkers and written books and similar to, um, you know, when I listen to podcasts thinking I could do that. That sounds cool. I'm listening to these people tell their stories and the same thing. That sounds neat. I'd like to try that. I think I have something to say for a book or a TED talk. And so the more people I met and talked to and realized that it's possible and picked their brains on how they did it, it just started to sort of manifest itself in my life where now that I'm the podcast guy who also has a TED talk, who also has a book and I've become the people that I've interviewed in a way, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But, but right. Kind of going back to some of those, those first moments. So, right. You, you felt something, didn't you? you? You knew you had to do something different. You wanted to, to step out there and, and take a risk. Why do you think some people are, are able to kind of take that nudge and, and head off in that unseen direction? And some people stay back. What do you think the difference is? And, and why are some people able to, to move forward and, and some people can't? Yeah, it's a great, man, if I feel like if I knew the exact answer to that question, I could make a lot of money to right? bottle that up and sell it. For me, I just, I've always felt this call towards, you know, creation, not just consumption, right? Like I've always been creative and I was in music and I was in a, a band in high school where we wrote our own songs and, and did the rock band thing like every angsty teenager wants to do. So I've always just been that way where I just put myself out there and say, what the heck, what's the worst can, that can happen? Let me try it. Uh, and fall down, pick myself back up, learn something and, and keep moving forward. So the exact why, I, I really don't know. I wish I knew how to answer that question. I just think some people it's, it's innately in you and other people, not that it's not in them, but it just takes more effort for them. They, they need more of the, the nudge and they need someone to say, look, you can do it. The reassurance, show them how to do it versus just jumping in blindly and figuring out as you go. Yeah. Well, you, know, you even mentioned in there something about, you know, failure and kind of falling down, being able to pick yourself back up again. As you were starting on this journey and down this path, did you have that little nagging voice in your head saying, don't do this, it's going to fail? Or, 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 or what, was, what was going on inside your, your head, kind of that emotional piece? Yeah. So I took the mindset that, um, I, it wasn't ever going to fail because to me, I wasn't putting a lot of pressure on it to be anything. This was just my experiment as a podcast. I wanted to do it for me. I even said in, you know, 200 episodes ago now, and it's very first episode, nothing else. This will be a cool audio time capsule was something I said. And I really thought that, that I'm just going to interview family and friends. Other people listen to it. Cool. If not, I could always have these interviews to go back and listen to the time I sat down with my grandfather and talked to him for an hour about what it was like for him growing up. Cause I've done that episode and it's awesome. And I love to listen back to it. So I was never trying to make it something. It wasn't going to pay the bills. It wasn't going to be this thing. So to me, I wasn't really worried about it. I had other people in my life worried about it. I had people take my wife aside and say, what's going on with miles. He's not going to quit his job and be a podcaster. Is he? And like everybody that, is like quote unquote supportive of you, right? But finds the way to kind of dig at you and bring you down to their level where they're not doing those things because it's it's not the uh, the safe thing or the thing that makes sense, right? So 
it wasn't everything I thought about, but it was interesting for me to watch other people come out of the woodwork and they were thinking about it, which was interesting. Yeah, right. And I think that mindset that, that you have is right. You were doing this for you. You were you were pursuing something you enjoyed that that that, that was going to make a difference in your life and for the people you cared about. And then it just kind of took on a, a life of its own. And right now, really right, did. top ten podcasts and and TED Talk and in a book. I, I mean, right, absolutely amazing. And so, congratulations on, on all you. that success and right and, and having the courage to to take those those first steps. Because that's often the the hardest part, and, and so you know, in your book, you kind of talk about the, this framework for failure, and, and I want to spend a little time there because I think this is something that that many of you, you know, listening, you, you kind of shy away from, is this whole failure thing. And the truth is, failure isn't always bad, is it, Miles? No, no. I think most times what we say is a failure is really just a setback, right? To me, the two things. So backing up a little bit. The book's called Unseen Work, right? For those watching on video, promo shot here. I always got, I've got stacks around me after I published it. Looks like that. But I talk about three different types of unseen work in the book. There's generational unseen work, active unseen work, and passive unseen work. Generational unseen work is this idea that everything that we are able to show up and do today is in part because of those that came before us. All of our unseen work is made possible by the seen and unseen work of our parents, our grandparents, generations removed. Uh, everything they did sets us up, right? And so a big part of it is understanding where you come from, how'd you even get to this point? And then from there, you get to decide where are you going to go next? And I think that's a big part because a lot of people fail, quote unquote, because they never really get started. They, they believe the lie, the story that no one in my family has ever started a business, so I can't. You know, my grandfather wasn't an entrepreneur, so I can't be that. And that's not true, right? So big part of generational unseen work isn't just accepting it. You get to pick and choose. It's the buffet of life here. You could say, I'll take this from this relative, that from this relative, and I'm going to leave that aside. I don't need to pick up the mistakes that my parents or grandparents made. I'm going to choose something different. So when you get to decide where you want to go next, you get into active unseen work, which is the very true thought of goal setting. You're at point A, you want to go to point B. What do you have to do in between to make that possible? And you know that you're working towards that end goal. And then passive unseen work is the idea when you start and you have no idea where you're going to go. My podcast example is a good example. I started this podcast. I had no idea in 2017 when I started this podcast talking literally to my sisters, my college roommate, my mom and dad, that I'd end up giving a TED talk and writing a book based on conversations I had with other people in this podcast. Never entered my brain. If I'd started it with that in mind or thought about that, I probably wouldn't have started it. So it's the idea that along the way, what can feel like unrelated pursuits can passively compound in the background while you're working to make way for something even greater than you could have imagined at the start. So that's sort of cliff notes of what unseen work is by my definition. Throughout all of that, you absolutely fall down. And so these frameworks about failure and the idea about failure versus setback, I call them the flip and the flop. So the flip framework is fail, lie. Sorry, that's wrong. That's a flop. Fail, learn, improvise, pivot. So when you flip failure, this is more of the setback, right? You didn't really fail. You say you failed, but you were going to learn from it. You know, you figure out what you did wrong. Then you improvise, you make some changes, you think about what else you need to do next and you pivot and you, you implement it and you flip. So you flip that failure to work for you instead of against you. 
that's when it's really just you learn from something, you take that step back to move forward. So not really a failure, learning, more of a setback, if anything, because you keep going forward. The flop is where you fail, lie, obsess, pretend. Mm. So you fail, you lie about it, you're telling everybody, you're telling yourself you didn't really fail. It was You meant to do it that way, right? But then you obsess about it internally that, oh my gosh, it didn't go the way I wanted it to. You start to unravel. And then ultimately at the end, you pretend it never happened. You sweep it under the rug. You rationalize it away. You don't learn from it. You don't move forward. You're just flopped there on your face. And eventually you're going to make the same mistake again. And that's really the failure. So those are the frameworks in the book. And I think the good, the tool there is just the awareness. So much of life is just understanding what's happening to you as it's happening and taking control of your life and not just letting all this stuff happen to you and making excuses for what's going on. You have the choice every time you fail, you mess up at work, you don't get the job you wanted, you know, you get broken up with, you, know, you get a flat tire, you know, whatever that looks like for you, right? You have that moment where you can ask yourself, am I going to be someone who flips or flops? Can I flip this? Or, or, hey, I'm flopped right now. Like it just feeds into what we're saying to ourselves all the time, which is so much unseen work. We're all talking to ourselves all the time and nobody can see it, not even us. But there's a lot of work that happens between our ears every day and it can be positive or negative. And so it's just having that little question to ask yourself, implement that framework, and then no one really wants to be a flop, right? So even by asking that question, you kind of kick yourself in the butt to say, okay, how can I flip this? How can I keep it moving? Wow. Right. And that's so powerful, Miles, right? And that's applicable to you if you are just starting out in your business journey or if you're already up at the top, right? This is a, a principle that you can use no matter where you are on your journey, because you can continue to refine and get better and better and learn from it so that you don't repeat those, those same mistakes. And wow, what, I, I hope you pause. You should rewind this and go listen. <laughs> it's so, so powerful. And uh, thanks. You know, also just kind of along your journey, right? You mentioned kind of doing these, these amazing things. And, you know, you and I were kind of joking the, before we uh, started recording. It's like, how do you get to do a TED Talk? And, and I love what you what you said about that, right? Because you get asked that all the time. How, how'd you get to do that, Miles? Yeah, it's funny because it, it almost feels bad the way I answer it that I'm, I'm making it less of a big deal with the way I answer it and I'm about to answer it because it is a big deal. It's cool. It's that iconic red circle of TED. Not everybody does it. They're Almost everybody knows what it is. It's a great thing on my resume, something I'm very proud to have done. And it was an awesome experience. But how do you get a TED Talk, everybody? You apply for it. You Google TED events near me, you find one, you go to their website, you track the organizer down on LinkedIn. I mean, the internet's a powerful place. You place, you, you can stalk people if you get their name, right? And that's what I did. I found them. I found the organizers, connected to them, applied, followed up, emailed, applied. And then they say, okay, cool. Come audition. So you apply, you get through the written round. I auditioned, gave a five minute version of my speech. They liked it. I was chosen few hundred people applied. They picked, I think, 12 of us and I was off to the races. So it's not some secret like society that you need to do the handshake to get into. You just have to seek it out and ask for it and apply and believe that you are deserving of it. I think is the biggest thing. Actually put in the effort and say, I can do this. And here's what I have to say. Here's my idea worth spreading as Ted talks about, and then go make it happen for yourself. That's how you do it. Right. And I love that because it starts with just taking the effort, right? It's just like you start in the podcast. You just got to start. 
Yeah. And, and once you start, yeah, you may hit some obstacles, right? You may have not made it the first time you did, but you probably would have gone back and, and done it again, right? You, you would have learned from it and you would have, you know, improvised and you would have gone back and, and done it again. But right, you, you got to start somewhere. Right. And yeah, so, behind so me, again, if you're watching, not listening behind me, I've got this sign that says execution, noun, stop talking and put in the work. <laughs> You've got to just do it. Like you said, it's, there's no substitute for taking that first step. Yeah. So, so where did you, you know, in, in kind of coming up for your, your, your TED talk and in preparing for that, right? Why were you so convinced that you had a, a message worth sharing, an idea worth sharing? And why do you think, you know, this concept of, of unseen work is so powerful uh, and can really, you know, shape and, and mold people and, and help them do what they never thought they could do? Yeah, so the idea for unseen work came to me in a mastermind program. Um, I love masterminds. I've, I've been in them. I've run them. I think it's a great opportunity to meet new people, network, get outside your comfort zone. So I was in this mastermind call and I really forget the exact topic. It was some personal development topic. And I was just sort of responding in the moment to something somebody said. And I said, you have to do the unseen work so that when you are seen, you have something to show for it. And there was silence on the call. So much so that I was like, let me write that down. That like people's life, so like the jaw open moment, which is very rare where like you have a group of people that's just like, wait, say that again. And they're writing it down and they're just like, wow, that was like, that hit me miles. I'm like, cool. Wrote it down. And that was it for a while, but I wrote it down. So now it was like, it was out there. It, it had some life to it and it would just follow me around for a while. And I kept thinking about people's reactions to it. I kept thinking about it myself and how true that was with everything I had done up until that point. And as I was interviewing people for my podcast still, I would try to ask them more pointed questions about that. And I would get even better stories than I had previously. And that's when I just really felt like I had something there. And then it was in another mastermind call a little bit later where somebody asked me if I'd ever thought of my podcast as qualitative research for a book, which I had not. But again, just like I'd written that line down, now that somebody had said that to me, I couldn't get out of my head. And I was like, maybe these two things are related. Maybe I've got something here. And so as I started listening back to podcast episodes, thinking, originally I thought I was going to write a book about the first 100 episodes of my podcast. So I started listening back to from episode one. I didn't make it to episode 100, but I started listening to them all. And I had like 150 pages written after like 15 episodes or something. And I was like, oh my gosh, no one's going to read, you know, a Hamilton thick book about this guy and his podcast. I need to narrow this down. Came back to the unseen work idea and just saw it everywhere then. I just couldn't unsee it, pun intended. And uh, that's when I realized, okay, this is, this is cool. I liked it. And while I ran with it is I feel like it's just accessible, right? It's a very simple idea. It's not like I'm it's not an earth shattering discovery I've made here that you have to do the unseen work, but it puts it in a way that I feel is relatable, that people can understand, that they can grab onto. The three different types are, are very easy to identify with and then draw upon examples in your own life, but then also others and actually put it to practice. It's not so abstract an idea that you can say, that's interesting, but it's not for me. It's something where once you hear it or read it, you can't unsee it and you start to notice it everywhere. And in the book, I talk about that, about, okay, what do you do now? What's the next step? How do you put it to work? And that's where it's fun. Like you do start to see, like you said at the beginning that you can do more. Like it's not, you're, you're, there's no ceiling other than when you impose on yourself. And so it's, 
you just have to go for it and and start and it all starts when no one's watching in the unseen work and it it makes the moments where you feel like you're dogging it and no one notices and you feel frustrated it flips that into something that's fun and so you have fun putting in the unseen work fun working and you almost don't want anybody to see it (laughs) because then once they see it it's not yours anymore now it's out there for everybody so to me it takes hard work and makes it fun versus like something you don't want to do. It's I'm trying to make it so that that's what you prefer to do. Yeah. Well, right. And I think it's such a a powerful message because so many entrepreneurs, right. We're, we're really good in our head. We have the ideas, we have the vision. And so often we feel very alone in our work, right. You you feel like you're taking this journey all by yourself. No one else gets you. you, you know, you're putting in the grind. No one sees the hustle that you're doing, right. That's a lot of that unseen work. And I think by you naming it, in kind of giving it body, it gives motivation, it gives power to it, right? And it gives that encouragement. It's like, oh, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing unseen work, right? It gives a name to, to the struggle. Right. Yeah. It feels like it's something you're going to hold in your hand now and you can use it versus it feeling like it's happening to you. It's just like you said, okay, it's just another step on the journey. This is all part of it. I get it. And it, it doesn't feel like you know, it's going to go on forever. It's like why it always feels like it takes longer to get somewhere that you've never been before than it does to drive home from that place. Yep. Because you're not quite sure where the destination is going to pop up. But then once you realize, oh, it's there, it's not that far. Yeah. On the drive home, it feels like it takes two seconds. It's, it's the same way when we're working. Yeah. So, so once you had this concept and you were doing the podcast, did that change the, the way you were interviewing guests and, and the questions you were asking? Were you, were you kind of trying to, to discover something more and did that, did that help you become a better interviewer? So I didn't change like hardcore change it. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I feel like every interview changes me a little bit. I, I feel like I absorb something from every person I talk to and that comes with me to the next one it's one big passive unseen work exercise of the compounding and the snowball effect of who I was in the first interview. And now all the experiences I have and stories I've heard and things I've learned from people for sure affect every person I'll interview from, you know, this conversation forward. Um, but, and I didn't want to, so I guess yes and no, right? Like in the back of my mind I did, but I didn't like straight up change all my questions and say, now we're going to be the unseen work podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my show is called relish the journey. And so it was already sort of aligned, the idea that you should relish the journey and it's not about the destination and how we get someplace. So it was already kind of there, Um, but it did. I just, I was more aware of it so that when it came to examples for the book and the Ted talk and how to explain the idea, I was just, I was just filling up my arsenal with more stuff to talk about. Okay. Excellent. Very, very cool. Now, you know, you also touched on, on masterminds and the role that's played in, in helping you gain some success and really accelerate your, you know, your journey. And so what do you think that for you, what's been the the benefit of those mastermind communities? Oh man, that's been huge. Um, Jim Rohn has that quote, right? That you're some of the, the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, why I wanted to do it, my, 2019 new year's intention, not resolution. It was just like, I'm going to be this type of person this year was I was going to put, put myself out there more, meet as many new people as I could. I live in a very rural area. So it's not like there's some downtown metropolitan area with masterminds in person. So to meet new people. And so I sought out places online to do that. And it was great 
to, like you said, sometimes you feel like you're the only person in central Pennsylvania. It often feels like I'm the only crazy dude writing books and doing podcasts and doing TED talk. Like I don't have a circle in my physical location where we trade battle stories. Right. But online in these mastermind groups is people from California and Colorado and Florida and Massachusetts, right. It's all in a zoom format like this where you can be together. And so it's been great to remember that I'm not alone out there. Like my people are out there and I'd say that they're going to be listening or watching like your people are out there. Do you just have to find them? They're not going to find you unless you go looking for them. Just like that Ted talk you want to do. You've got to apply. You've got to find them. Yeah. And it's just been great to have that safe space where you just get real and vulnerable and everybody just, there's no, there's no walls. Everybody's just like, listen, here's my problem. I'm stuck. Help me. <laughs> and you help each other. And there, you don't expect anything in return other than conversation and, and genuine, you know, caring for one another and their success. And it's been great. I mean, the, the seed of the idea for the Ted talk of the book mastermind, the idea for even write a book mastermind, a lot of podcast guests and people that are featured in the book from the mastermind. So I even created a mastermind on the book idea. So when you read the book in the book, it says, Hey, you don't have to do your unseen work alone. There are people like you out there. This exact conversation I've written into the book, join the mastermind community and let's do the unseen work together and chart out your roadmap for how do you go from unseen to seen. I run this in a mastermind community now and it works awesome. And you see all these light bulb moments with people where they realize that, that, Oh, I'm not the only person that feels this way or has this story. And it's just great. I think it's like therapy in a lot of ways. You know, <laughs> I'm yeah. not a therapist. I lead these. I'm by no way a doctor or anything, but I think we crave as humans, the interpersonal interaction and as business owners or people that are focused on personal growth and self-mastery, you also crave other people that push you. And so having that group and that consistent group to push you and the accountability, it, you go a lot further than if you would just do it your own by yourself. Yeah, no, well said. I, I've been part of masterminds for the last four or five years, and it's just fundamentally changed everything yeah. that, that I do. I'm a better practitioner. I have deeper relationships with people. Uh, you, you know, my, my life is fuller and richer because of the relationships and, and the people I've met. And, and, and the other thing I find amazing, and I know you've probably found this is, right, you know, you can join these mastermind groups and, and you end up looking around the room and you're like, why did they let me in here? Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and you can go approach, you know, some of the, the most successful people in that room and they'll help you. And then and that's their attitude is, how can I help you, Tim? How can I help you? Miles? What do you need? What can I teach you? And they're at the top of their game and they're giving back because they want to help you succeed too. Right. They're, they're putting their work out there for everyone else. Right. And it's, it's brilliant. And, uh, so no, masterminds are, are powerful. So, so what's been the experience of, of leading a group versus participating in the group? That's a whole, I mean, that is a whole new ball of wax right there. Um, when you show up as a participant in the group, you know, it's, it's sort of selfish. Like you're there to help when asked, but mainly your, your main attention is I want to get X, Y, Z out of this group, right? Uh, when you're leading the group, it is exhausting at the end of those calls because you, you have to hold so much space and make sure, you know, all the players have time to interact and so-and-so is not overpowering the conversation and how do I draw this out of people and challenge them, but not be rude about it and try to pull the best out of everyone. It's, it's a dance, uh, but I love it. I feel like that's the ultimate accountability for me now is to be the type of person that leads a mastermind. 
I have to do a lot of stuff in between every single call to continue to fill up my cup so that I have stuff to pour out into everyone else's. It just keeps me reading books, listening to podcasts, creating content, uh, just challenging myself to be worthy of that position of leading a mastermind group. Yeah. Right. Totally different skill set, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And talk about that helps me as an interviewer. I mean, that's a whole different type of like an interview, like what do you ask or not ask and questions and picking up on cues for people, like knowing when they're holding something back and you got to pull that thread a little. And that has helped podcasting, leading the masterminds. Wow. Incredible. Right. What a right. Talk about relishing a journey, right? You are on an incredible journey. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, you know, do you do any kind of looking out towards the future, right? We, we talked a little bit about, you know, you can decide what, what your future is like. And so how much time do you spend kind of forecasting now thinking about where you want to head or are you still just kind of just saying, I'm going to do the things I enjoy doing? Yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> I don't spend zero time forecasting, but I, I don't have a forecast. I don't see, I don't, I'm not sitting here right now saying my five-year plan is I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Um, I'm very big in the present moment type of person. Uh, so I just know that if, if I show up to every single moment with as much intensity as possible, and I'm open to opportunities that present themselves and I give it my all, the future will be what it is. It's, and it'll be better than if I sat here and said, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z things in the next three to five years. Yeah. I said New Year's intention earlier because I don't, I'm not a New Year's resolution guy. I don't believe in that. Like I'm going to do this huge thing in 12 months. I don't think that's sustainable. It takes smaller sustained actions to bring that bigger uh, resolution to life. So my intention with all of this is that, you know, I have, I started a business ironically in February before the pandemic hit. (laughs) So it was nice to have an LLC to spin up for some stuff um, during work from home, but I want to create an enterprise here that replaces my wife's income. That's my ultimate goal. So as I forecast, my goal is, I said, I started this when my wife was eight months pregnant with our first son. As I sit here today, she is eight months pregnant with our second son. And so, you know, and at the end of this month, I'll have another baby, two boys. And my wife would love to stay at home and just raise the kids and not have to go to work. Yeah, I'd love that for her. Right now, I'm what I make with my my day career because everything I've talked about up to this point is what I do at night and on the weekends. I still have a day job that that doesn't cover you know the household expenses, especially with the second baby. So my goal with this is have my nine to five and then my five to nine all making enough money so that you know she can stay at home and, and have her dream of just uh, raising the guys before they go to school. So that's what I'm focusing on. So everything is like you know how can I monetize this now for me? That's why I wrote the book and give the Ted talk and do more speaking things and the masterminds. It's I've spent the time I've done it. Now I'm teaching other people how to do it and spreading the word of what I've been living for a couple of years so that other people can have similar successes to what I've I've had. So so actually listening to your answer there, Miles, I I think you're a little more future focused than than, than what you admitted because that's a pretty clear picture. Yeah. And so I I just struggle with it. I do because I do have like what I'd like it to be. Mm -hmm. But I, I just, whenever anybody asks me, like, where do you see yourself in five years or where do you see yourself in 20 years? I'm like, dude, anybody guess, right? Like, that's so long ago. Three, everything we've talked about in this conversation only started three years ago, right? If you asked me three years ago, if we'd be having this conversation, I'd say you're out of your damn mind. There's no way I thought I would, I would do any of this stuff, but yeah. here I am. So yeah. 
I try not to limit it. I think that's probably what it is. I don't want to put that cap on it by saying, here's what I'm going to do because I could, I could do so much more than that. Right. So why limit it? Just set the intention for who you want to be and the ultimate lifestyle you want to have and then show up every day and work towards that. And then the things will fall into place. Well, well, and I think you gave us all another little nugget too in your answer, right? You mentioned you just want to show up, you know, prepared to, to give everything you've got to, to take advantage of the opportunities as they, they present themselves, right? You want to show up prepared. And yeah. I think that that's so key because not a lot of people do that, right? They're, they're not showing up ready. They're just showing up. Yeah. Well, and that's the whole thing, right? So that when you're doing the unseen work, so when you're seeing you have something to show for it, that's being prepared, right? You yep. can't just pop into the spotlight and say, I'm ready. Yep. <laughs> and you haven't put the work in to be ready. Yep. You're out of that spotlight real quick. Yeah. So you've, you've got to prepare. Yeah, for sure. uh, I, I, I love the framework that, that you've laid out in, in Unseen Work. I, I think it's brilliant and, and, and you're going to benefit from it, right? If you're listening, if you're watching this, you're absolutely going to benefit from this, this work. And, uh, you know, one, one of the stories in the, in the book you talk about is Dave, right? Guy working jobs and, and he decided to kind of do some unseen work. And, and, and what happened with Dave there? Yeah. So Dave, oddly enough, when I met Dave, he was a uh, customer of mine in my previous job. I worked at a housing company and he was buying products for my company. And so I knew Dave through that relationship only. And then we were at a trade show together and we were both speaking. I was speaking about how to start a podcast at the International Builder Show. He was talking about um, vlogging because he was doing a lot of just selfie shot, like, you know, video like this. And he was my only client at the trade show. So I was like, Dave, you got to let me take you to dinner. You know, I can't go back and I can't, I, I got to do this, buddy. Come on, let's, let's go have some fun. But he was working. He was, he was running and going all over that trade show floor, shooting videos, trying to build up his personal brand. And so he had these tickets to a private event that he was going to be doing video work for. He's like, ah, come along with this to me. And so I ended up like holding a LED light stick for the guy working his camera while we're working the house of blues at this private concert um, and interviewing people to like three o'clock in the morning. And then ever since then, we just kept in touch on like our side hustle stuff. Cause we didn't, he didn't know I was doing the podcast. I didn't know he was really doing the video. And we're like, Oh, we have this in common. And so we started talking. I interviewed him on the podcast and started doing stuff together. But Dave's story is cool because he's, he didn't start all of his stuff until he's in his forties. He was a home builder and his marketing person was like, Dave, you got to start doing video. Okay, video's hot right now. People want to see video. And he's like, I'm not a video guy. You know, Dave was a combat combat medic in the army for 10 years. Got out and did stuff with uh, Johnson & Johnson selling materials to spinal surgeons and was op in operating rooms then started building houses. So like he's hands-on, tough as nails guy. He, he wouldn't have said, I'm a creative video guy, right? He's not artsy fartsy like that. But he just started doing it. And he had filmed thousands and thousands of these videos and he was just doing video, video, video for social until people started coming into his home building operation and literally selling him his product saying, you're the guy that's on TV. Cause they'd see him on YouTube. My wife's watch all your videos. We love this house, that house. We want this. And he didn't have to sell anymore. They were just like, here's what I want you to do for me. And so if we stop there, that'd be cool. Right. That's his unseen work of he did all these videos and then people, wanted to buy his stuff. Nobody saw how worried and concerned he was the first time he did a video. And I, I paint that picture in the book about what it took for him to overcome this sort of on-camera fear. 
Um, but he took it one step further. I mean, when the pandemic hit, he just committed to going live on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube six days a week for a year. So he started it back in March. He's been doing it six days a week since March. I actually do one of the shows with him on Thursdays at 1 p.m. We have a live show called Increasing Influence, where we interview people about how they build their personal brands. But he just he took off. And so now he left that he left that day job he had building houses. And he is full on, his company is called Dave Cooper Live. And he is live on location at home building sites, interviewing people in the industry now. So he went from being just a home builder to now being basically an influencer in the home building industry. And his unseen work was pacing half-built homes, trying to find the right angle and rehearsing what is he going to say on a selfie shot. But he just kept doing that over and over, literally thousands of videos that no one really watched. They watched a little bit until they started to really gain steam. And so then he started doing live broadcasts. And now he's got a full business. He's supporting his family, doing what he loves. Uh, but he, he put it all together. So it's wow. pretty cool. Wow. How encouraging is that, right? What a powerful, powerful lesson in story. And, you know, a lot of dentists listen to this show and you're right. As a dentist, you know, these things apply to you too, right? Right. Maybe you've been thinking about making those videos and posting up on YouTube so that you can share some patient stories, right? Without HIPAA violation, of course, or right. Right. Share some stories or, or, you know, maybe you want to, you know, there's actually another dentist named Timothy McNeely, who's got a TikTok channel and he does silly little dances, right. And it's blowing up. And so, you know, I would encourage you, whatever that thing is, right, whatever is stirring inside your soul, go start doing it. Start doing that unseen work so that when it's time, you can be seen. I, I mean, so Miles, where can we follow you? Where can we pick up your book and where can we find your TED Talk? And, and I'll put links, of course, but yeah, uh, I appreciate that. Where's the best place to find you and connect with you? Yeah, so easiest spot for all of that is my website. It's milesbigs.com. It's M Y L E S. B-I-G-G-S. And I've got the TED talk up there, links to the book on there, links to the socials on there. It's at Miles J Biggs on Instagram. And, you know, Google, find me there too. Find all the stuff on Google, type my name in, it all pops up. But main main things, my my website for sure, milesbiggs.com. You can find it all. Excellent. And, and then, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you a plug. You didn't ask me to do this, but the mastermind's up on there too. And right, if you're feeling a little alone and you want a group, right, who really makes a, a good person and, and who would be a good fit for your mastermind group? And I, and I bring this up because these groups are so valuable. If you've never participated in one, uh, they, they really are life changing. And so, you know, who would be a good fit for the unseen work mastermind? Yeah, well, I appreciate you asking that. Um, so that's what's fun about it. And I said, I wanted to make it accessible. Truly everyone can fit into this. And I just finished a cohort of the mastermind. And one of my favorite testimonials I put up there, her name's Katie, if you watched it. And she said something that made me so happy. She said, you know what? I started the mastermind. I didn't really even know what I wanted to be seen for. And I was worried that I wasn't going to fit in. She was one of those people she's looking around and there was a guy who was doing real estate investing and growing his business another woman who's an interior designer growing her business, you know, another person who's working with NASA and like all crazy stuff. Right. And she's like, I'm not, I'm not even doing anything. What do I do? It's like, just trust me. It's for you. It's going to help you figure out what that is. And she said that it met her right where she was. She didn't have the crazy stuff started, but now she knew what she wanted to do. And she built her roadmap of how she's going to do it. So it sounds cheesy to say it's for everybody, but I built it that way on purpose I started the podcast saying I wanted to interview everybody because I feel like everybody has a story. 
I built a mastermind community so that everybody feels like they can be part of it and it's not unattainable, right? Yeah. It's, but, but, everybody, everybody can get something out of it for sure. But, but what, what should they be looking to get out of it? Or, or you know, what, what are kind of some of the expected results? And right, you're, you're kind of unraveling the book and working through it in a group format. Yeah, so it's 12 weeks and each week is an hour and a half session and we go through the book. There's some stuff, it's not the whole book, right? Um, but I started off with the, ba- the battle cry, I just call it, right? Because if you want to be seen, you have to be heard. So, and it gets people out of the comfort zone. Literally, I have you screaming at me. We're about, like, you're riding like Mel Gibson on horseback, going into battle, right? Freedom. What's your battle cry? Like, tell me, what do you want to be known for? What do you want to be seen for? Put it into three words, put it into one word, put it into phrase and shout your face off because you have to believe it that much if it's going to work, right? So we build the battle cry on week one and we go into it and then we start every single session, everybody rotating through the battle cry and you just start feeling pumped, ready to go. And then we go through generational active and passive unseen work and unlocking what does that look like for you? There's a lot of journal prompts and reflections that take place individually and then we come together and discuss it as a group so that you want, you have a better understanding of where you come from, where do you want to go? How do you get there? And what are some other things you've already done with your life that you're not giving yourself credit for that are passively compounding in the background that you can leverage if only you're aware that they're there and you can use them, right? And then we talk about the flip and the flop. And we talk a bit about a really great metaphor. Um, there's a bamboo week, I call it. So Cliff Notes there. I go into this in depth in the TED Talk in the book, but bamboo, if you planted a bamboo seed, it takes up to five years to grow. So if you think about that, you're watering your apple tree out front, right? It starts to grow in you know, a couple months. Imagine watering a patch of dirt for five years and you don't see any growth, right? That's the unseen work. Bamboo grows a crazy root system beneath the surface. And then when it starts to grow, it can grow up to 80 feet tall in six weeks. So we talk about that as an example and some metaphors there. So we talk about bamboo. And then ultimately at the end, we're putting together your roadmap of what do you want to be seen for? How do you leverage all your types of unseen work? What are some anticipated failures you can you, you think might happen so we can address them before they become flops and flip them? And you know, what are you going to do? So what do you want to be seen for? So at the end, you leave with this action plan, really. Of now you might not have known what do you want to do where you were stagnant in your business or you want to grow, but you're not sure how to do it. Like it just feels like you can't wrap your arms around it. But it's like you said, once you name it, you can do something with it. So we name it, we map it out so that when you're done with that 12 weeks, you've got the plan, but then you've also got the community you're a part of now to help you hold you accountable to it and, and make sure you get seen. Wow. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Uh, oh my gosh, Miles, this has been such a fantastic conversation. And thank you for sharing so generously with, with everyone. And, and I don't know about you, but if you're listening at home, I certainly believe that it's possible to achieve more than I ever thought. And I'm a little bit uh, excited and I uh, have a framework for, for, you know, really using failure and thinking about failure in a different way. And I know you do too. And man, Miles, uh, you know, talking to you, uh, you know, seven o'clock here on the West Coast, that's a bad idea because I'm a little bit more excited now about the future. <laughs> Actually, a lot more. It's going to be hard to shut my mind down, but that's what good conversations do. And uh, man, oh, wow, Miles, just exciting stuff you got going on. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. I love love spreading the good word. So thank you. 
Absolutely. Well, right. And this is what it's about. It's about helping you build that amazing life of significance. And right, significance is where you, you can do those things, take care of the people you love, support the causes you care about, change the world for the better. And all of that involves being seen, right? It's getting out there and being seen. And so, Miles, thank you for your important work that you're doing and uh, looking for, for more great things from you. Thanks for being an incredible guest. Yeah, you're welcome. Now, everyone get out there and make it a great day.